everybody, this is Chiefs beat writer Brooke Pryor, and on today's episode of Sports Beat KC, we wonder if the Chiefs will be lulled into a snooze against the Cardinals this week, and we go over the Chiefs injury situation. Then I have a conversation with Arizona Republic Cardinals beat writer Catherine Fitzgerald. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. We are live at Arrowhead. You can't see it, but it's snowing outside. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying a half snow day. I don't know if people in Kansas City get out for snow, but in North Carolina, the milk and bread shelves would be empty and everybody would be home curled up watching uh, the storm chasers drive on the not icy roads. But instead, you guys are watching us, which is awesome. Uh, we've got Lynn Worthy on this side of me over here. Uh, we've got columnist Vahe Gregorian on this side looking cozy. And what, what kind of sweater do you have on? I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> show, show the people what you've got. Kansas City Scouts sweatshirt, circa, I mean, hockey sweater. Do you know hoodie, what you're wearing? Circa 1975. Uh, I guess it's a retro. I don't think it's an original. Is it literally from the year 1975? It, it's not, but that's when they, oh, that's when oh, they were okay. here. And then became what, Sam, the, the Jersey Devils, then the Colorado Avalanche. Aren't they the Colorado Avalanche ultimately? Or no, the other way around. They went to Colorado, then Jersey. Then I thought Colorado they were just the Devils, but I don't know. All but I know is the like, Red people, Devils? people that were around then say it was the most mismanaged franchise. It was, so like, it was horrendous. They lasted, they lasted two years. Yeah. I knew about them even from way back in Philadelphia where I was growing up because they drafted in the expansion draft one of my favorite players, uh, our producer John Sleazer recognizes this, Simone Nolay, I knew about him. Uh, number 17. Um, so I kind of like the Kansas City Scouts. There you go. Well, and then on this side we have uh, Sam Mellinger, who is not wearing a Kansas City Scouts uh, sweater. Where is that from? Your closet. <laughs> yeah. uh, my sweater is from H&M. Oh, my um, oh, that's, that's there you go. It's lovely. Um, Shout out to Hooker. And we're not going to start talk about clothes this time. Um, I know last time I was on, we did talk about clothes and relating them to Eric Berry and my closet and changing over seasons. Um, but you guys were talked without me last week. Yeah. Um, I hate that I missed it. I did not watch the video, so i sorry that I missed that. Um, but this week we're going to talk about the Chiefs playing the Cardinals, which is not exciting. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is. Well, look, it's exciting if, if you're a Chiefs fan, right? I mean, they're coming home. Uh, potential to score some points. Yeah, let's uh, see. It's a uh, 17 points. Uh, the Cardinals are 17-point underdogs, which was the largest opening spread for any game this NFL season, if you can believe it. So, and I think part of our little early week focus has been um, whether that is uh, indicative of, of some kind of uh, temptation to, for the Chiefs to lull, right? I yeah, mean, we're all lulled. Big. <laughs> well, you are wearing your glasses today. I am. Is, okay, because you asked right before, in case anybody, I don't know how the timing of the bump video worked, but um, Vahe asked me right before we got the cue to go live why I was wearing them. And the truth is they're blue light glasses so that they're filtering out the light that's coming off of the screen. Oh. And I lost them for a while, but then I found them. And so I wanted to debut them. So that's the uh, truth, but what you told us was because you wanted to look smart. Also that. <laughs> okay, all right, anyways. Decide. What do you mean it filters out the light from the screen? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, you can't none of that. You can't see, none you of can't that. see your screen? No. Do you want to put them on? They're, they just filter out blue light. So it's like it filters out harmful light. I don't know. They're cool and they're trendy. So. 
<laughs> We're gonna Kids wear them. their toys. Uh, if you guys ask us questions, then we'll talk about the Chiefs instead of trying on glasses. Um, but until you do, we'll chat a little bit about what this game means. Because like you said, it could, there could be a lull. The, uh, the Cardinals are coming off of their bye week. Right before the bye week, they beat the 49ers. Josh Rosen looked pretty good there in the fourth quarter, had two touchdowns. Um, their offense is looking a little bit better after they fired Mike McCoy, elevated Brian Leftwich, who was the quarterback's coach. So this team had a little bit of momentum. Then the bye week happened, and now, uh, as I talked with um, Cardinals beat writer Catherine Fitzgerald for the Arizona Republic, she compared it to coming back from Thanksgiving break and having a midterm the next day. Um, is kind of what this Cardinals team is going through. As opposed to having some great extra advantage from that extra time. Exactly. That's the, the idea that probably exactly. you're not using the time wisely leading up. Right. Yeah. And you come back and it's like this wake-up call. <laughs> Bam. You have a test. By the way, you're 17-point underdogs. Good luck. <laughs> Look, what, one, one quick thought I have is to, I, I'm the one who brought up the, I, the discussion of the lull thing, but I really don't – I don't – Anticipate that being in play. I, I, I guess there's going to be a clunker sometime, but I just feel like this team loves to play and shows up to play and has enough internal um, pressure, whatever you want to call it. That, you know, the, the right culture in the locker room and and uh, the right sense of the, the pace of the season with the coaches that uh, they'll, they'll they'll come out ready to play and and locked in, but. The clunker awaits sometime, I suppose, but I, I don't think it'll be Sunday. I don't think it would be a lull as much as I think there. You could see something um, like maybe some the defense maybe not playing what you would expect against a team that's you know rookie quarterback. Just if for no other reason, I think that time off probably does benefit um, the offense with the change of coordinator. Like we talked last week about how they're not going to do that much. The Browns with you know they changed the coach and the uh, offensive coordinator on Monday. Well, these guys have had some time now with Byron Leftwich. They've had some time, you know, a bye week. So, I mean, they're going to do a whole new offense? Probably not. But maybe they made some tweaks. Maybe they're going to do some things that Chiefs haven't seen on uh, film. So maybe that is, I don't, wouldn't consider it a full lull, but maybe you see a little bit of that in the game on Sunday. It is interesting that the Chiefs are now playing two teams back-to-back -back who have had midseason offensive coordinator changes. Um, and I think both of those coordinator changes were kind of in some ways by the quarterbacks that they have, these two young guys who are not really being utilized fully or not, you know, whatever it is, it's just not working. So they make these changes. Um, like you said, probably not going to be anything drastic, although coming off a of bye week could be some new wrinkles in it. Sam, what's your impression of, uh, of where the Chiefs are this week mentally going into this game? Is, is there going to be a lull or is it? I don't think so. I mean, um, I trust this team. Um, you know, there's teams in the past where I don't think I would have trusted. Um, but they seem, they haven't had a letdown yet. And look, like, like Baha or maybe all of you guys have been saying, like, chances are it'll come at some point, and this is as good a week as any. But I guess, like, the, uh, the, the degree of lull or the size of lull that would need to happen for the Chiefs right. to lose to the right. Cardinals at home. That is a lull, the likes of which I don't know that I've ever seen. It would be a you lullaby. Am I right? Okay. It would be a lullaby. Boy, we got a low bar if I got you laughing that hard. Sorry. Vahe writing a potential Monday headline already. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and pin that for later on. Um, oh, man. 
Um, but it just like there's there's other stuff going on um, with this team. Like the offense, I feel like, and maybe this is a dumb thing to say. Wouldn't be the first time. But um, they could play like a bad game and put up thirty on these guys. I think, and you certainly know, a bad half. Yeah, put up thirty. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they put up a bad half and drop. 40, what was the final of that Patriots game? 40, 45, 40, 42? 43-40. 43-40, um, you know, with 31 in the second half. I just, uh, I, I think this game is interesting um, for a lot of, like, we can't already be, like, tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes, like, do Patrick Mahomes things, right? Like, that's still a thing that exists. And, and they also, um, you know, there's a certain defensive player who's going to play for the first time in a few weeks, um, and well, I'm not talking about Sorensen. Yeah. Uh, you know, Justin Houston is going to be clarification. Defensive player. I mean, he is critical to them, you know, being the best version of themselves. And this is the first time that he's going to be able to play since because he missed three full uh, games or four. Um, well, it was the Jacksonville was the last game he played, but um, so it was so Patriots, Bengals. Four, Bron- four, right. Broncos, Browns, so yeah, yeah. so he's four, four full games. games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just still had me laughing because when you said Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things, it made me it reminded me of that guy who was the loud fan in front of the uh, right in front of the press <laughs> box in Cleveland who was yelling Baker Mayfield, do Baker Mayfield stuff. <laughs> so that's all I can so, think of. <laughs> I, I believe the source was the same as the guy saying, "Why haven't you killed Patrick?" Mahomes? Yes, it was the same right. guy. Yeah, he was he was, he, he was very uh, very enthusiastic fan. Hey, to, nice to, 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 to Sam's point, a couple things. One, you know, that is, I mean, look, we don't know what the limit is on this season, but as you say, you trust this team, and I think we have every reason to think its ceiling is, is you know, the Super Bowl uh, and possibly winning the Super Bowl, right? At least that's the ceiling. Sure. Um, so if you're wanting to invest in the narrative of a, of a fascinating season, of course you're locked into this game, and, and little moves, little little aspects of what what's to come and what's developing will be in play obviously with the defensive guys the other thing though um, my wife Cindy sometimes you know just uh, takes a little superficial glance at some of this stuff and and but says something kind of telling like she was watching that what was it 45 to 10 against uh, the Bengals mm-hmm. she was watching that game and she said I hate to say it but this is getting kind of boring the Chiefs just win by so much all the time you know they're gonna win and I mean it was you know she, She's an innocent and in all this, but, uh, but, but, but the thing, the thing that's, that's, that's true is that goes back to this thing that you were saying. I mean, really, are we that, yeah. are we that already spoiled by Patrick Mahomes? Like, I think we could probably stand to see some more interesting yeah. stuff out of him. That, that, that'd probably be tolerable to watch. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, Jack asks, uh, when the Chiefs... <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling jackass? <laughs> I uh, said jackass. Okay. okay. And all A-S-K-S. three of us hit us at the same time. He was oblivious, but all three of us We're not after dark. It's 2.40, and I know it's daylight savings time when the sun goes down early, but it's not that early. Jack Weefer asks, when the Chiefs move out to a big lead over Arizona, do you think we will see Mahomes come out of the game? Game. Time to give Henny some experience. By the way, Henny. Well, some experience. Henny's <laughs> yeah. been a starter for because a he hasn't bit. played any football. <laughs> but his point is, of course, given just some some reps, some time. I don't know what that number is when you take. 
Patrick out. Yeah. What was the game he didn't recently? Come that, yes. He didn't come out of that 45 to 10 game, did he? Yeah. No. No. no, when he was asked was about the, that, yeah, the uh, Andy Reid was asked about that quite a bit. Yeah, and he kind of gave just a, you know, I, I know what I'm doing answer. Yeah. You know, because I feel I, like it. I go, I go with my gut and I got a big gut. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That, was, that was exactly yeah. when that. Yeah. Well, to me, the experience really still, I mean, I, I, I'd still say you, you don't let him get hurt, but Pat still needs the experience. Like, we're still forgetting he's. Nine, uh, ten, games ten games now into his NFL career. So, I mean, don't get him hurt, but he still benefits from time more than Henny, who has how many years in the league and has started, who's played multiple franchises. If you're going to use oh. experience, you got to come up with me with something better than experience when you talk well, about Henny. <laughs> it's not about getting Henny experience. It's, um, it's the old line about uh, uh, Bill Polian when he was with the Colts. Somebody asked, like, why does Peyton Manning take every snap? And he said, if 18 gets hurt, we're effed. And we don't practice being F. <laughs> and so, like, there's some of that. That's kind of interesting, yeah. You know? uh, but, like, yeah. the, the reason to pull him, to me, is just because he can't get hurt if he's in the, on the sideline. Yeah, that's like, that, to me, is the big and, deal here. And, look, I think sort of weaving these points together, I mean, where is the uh, line on how much growth he's getting out of a, you know, let's just for argument's sake call it a 38-10 to 10 lead uh, in the fourth quarter? Now, again, we're 30, here at... 38-10? to 10? Yeah. You just... Pick that score out of yeah. You're right. I, huh. 38 has become my my ridiculous <laughs> well, number. It's just like 11. Was it was like 11 gazillion? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Your 11 gazillion is my is my well, 38 to 10. My direction there was uh, uh, was it not 38 to 10? The lead in Indianapolis, one fateful. Evening? You know that is really interesting because I think it was that. And maybe that is the root of my fascination with 38 <laughs> and 10. Gosh, we've come up, we've just dug scary. so deep today. Back when really you guys were like wire. in grade school, I was probably the Chiefs were yeah. up uh, 38 to 10 in a playoff game. They didn't win. Oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> let's, see, what, let's see what You know what's funny for me? That, that was, so that was about six months after I got here, about five months after I got here. And I remember <laughs> thinking, you know, well, this, this, Nothing's preordained. Folks, just that happen. was 2014. How young 13. do you think? <laughs> well, I was 14. How young do you think I am? I was in college. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, it was it was unbelievable. I don't I think I get enough credit in the. Uh, uh, well, let's not linger on this. Nobody needs to hear about this stuff no. right now. No, I was just going to say. No, that. we're talking about a team that has the potential to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No. So. Um, so sorry that Vahe just cursed him we, with no. uh, the root. Actually, no. no, Sam cursed him I'm, by bringing it up. I, I just I'm, hear those numbers together. Look, I, I, this takes me to a little side thing. I had occasion to talk to Andy Locke today, Drew Locke's father, uh, for a story I'm working on about something else. And he brought up the Chiefs, and he said, well, I'm not going to put a jinx on them, but, I'm but I see them crossing the finish line. And I said, so you're not putting a jinx on them by not using the word Super Bowl? Is that the idea? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so, That's not how that works. Anyway, sense. there are no jinxes, right? If there were... Flight attendants would not welcome you to the city when you're 30,000 feet in the air. That's, yeah. And Did you just think of that? It's been you, in my head for a long time. And he's used it a couple times. I was going to say, did you say that like the other day? <laughs> I was like, I heard that from Maybe somebody. Maybe I don't listen to you. It's possible we're on the exact same track we were on a week ago. That It could be like, luckily Brooke's here to shake it up because she wasn't a week ago. So. Yeah, but I don't know what happened last week, so I could be veering us down this path and just not know. Well, just go. Just pedal to the metal. So basically, 38 to 10 is the reason why Mahomes will stay in the game. <laughs> no, and Nathan says, by the way, don't take him out. He needs the stats to win the MVP race. 
Which, but our stats are not going to be the reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what's going to be the – keeping him in or out in the end of a blowout game I don't think is going to be that determining factor. And of course, and, uh, I get his point, but, I, yeah, I think people will either know or not know that this guy – isn't that wild though? That, like that's a real thing. Like, well, I was gonna say this is all assuming. You know, this is all assuming that they're gonna be up big too. You know, I mean, like we are all assuming that's. That. You know, I mean, we are. Maybe, in. maybe there's. You know, again, maybe not necessarily a lull, but maybe there's some reacclimation period early in the game if they are playing Sorensen, if they're playing mm -hmm. Houston, if you're moving some guys around. I think that's fair. Look, I would never say they can't. Even, I would never say they can't lose this game. Even I would never say that. But I think odds are that they will win and handily. Yeah, I don't think any NFL game is more than a nine, 9 out of 10, you know, and 1 out of 10 happens. Like, Steph Curry misses free throw sometimes, right? But uh, it's just like their offensive line is really bad. There's, you know, They're like, a little bit healthier now. They've gotten a couple guys back, but. They still have, like, but they've got problems, like, you know, just with basic, like, stunts and stuff. And, and maybe that's, you know, they, they just need their guys back or whatever, but. Um, you know, the, the list of things that would have to happen for the Cardinals to win this game is, is long and just hard to imagine. You know, it's possible. Anything's possible. 2012 Chiefs won twice. You know, it can happen, but uh, it's just very <laughs> unlikely. It's a good, you make a good point. Um, I had a question and then I lost it. Um, it. This game does remind me a little bit, though, of, of this is, people are going to roll their eyes, but the thing that I related to is when I was covering OU and they played Iowa State last year, and I remember feeling like I was sleepwalking into it. Like, Iowa State's starting quarterback was out, didn't even make the trip. Yeah, I remember that. And then they came back and stunned them, and all the OU writers in the press box all looked at each other like, well, we were not planning on working today. And uh, now this crazy thing has happened, and we have to get back on track. So I'm trying to keep myself from having that mindset. Heaven forbid we have to write about an upset like this. Listen, you need to come out with your game face. No matter what. I'll bring my glasses. Yeah, bring your glasses and keep the blue light. <laughs> yeah, the harmful blue light. light. Oh, I, I, <laughs> you know what? When my eyes are really healthy in 30 years, because I filtered out the blue light, even though they're you on mean, my head I was right about to now, say, the ones you're not wearing? <laughs> they dull the room, and I just wanted to experience light and vivid color. Um, Anyway, so by the way, Patrick Peterson's going to be in town. He will. Um, which everybody wanted him to be uh, in Kansas City. He's coming to Kansas City, but he's still with Arizona. So uh, how much is this going to be a look at what could have been for the Chiefs? Do you think anybody's going to be thinking about that? Oh, people will be thinking about it. I don't think it's an actual... The one time I was able to ask somebody, I heard they never really seriously thought that Patrick Peterson was going to be traded by the Cardinals. That was the one thing that I heard from somebody with the Chiefs. So, I don't. I mean, fans will look and say, man, we could have had him because they've been doing that since, I don't know, camp, offseason, <laughs> but talking about different defensive backs. But, um, yeah, I don't think the Chiefs will be. It was just that. never a thing. It was never, yeah. like they were never going to trade him. Yeah, exactly. That's and, the way I heard yeah. it. The, the, the Chiefs never thought that that was an actual yeah. possibility. And, and if he was going to be on the block, there would have been 30 other teams, you know, looking for, for somebody that time. The, the time that we're going to, like, have this conversation about, like, what could have been is the week leading up to December 23rd, and they're, they're going to play at Seattle, and there will be a guy. Maybe he won't be on well, the sideline, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a guy who used to be on that team that flipped off said team. Uh, you know, that, that was the trade that, uh, you know, could have been. And probably would have been. At least they think so. 
more likely well, was, to have been. We have every reason to think from sources we've talked to that there was engagement in that process, yeah. right? Yeah. There was, they felt there was, like it was going to happen that next week. Was, it, was, yeah. it was that far along. I believe the way I heard it was there were discussions that were the typical that would typically lead to a deal. Is the way I think I remember yeah. hearing it. So, was, so. Like so it was like they were talking before they got into a relationship. <laughs> they were. They were. Yeah. They it's the were, middle school term. <laughs> They, they weren't official. <laughs> they weren't official they were, yet. Thank <laughs> you. They were on the way to being exclusive. They other as more than friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Beach had passed the note to the Seahawks. Check yes. Were you guys still they got went, him back this week? Is that where we're at? Yeah, this is they weren't, they weren't buying each other blue light glasses yet. They didn't get to that point. That, that's, that's way really down serious. the line. That's really serious. That's a couple months like past being official. Um, speaking of other... Additions, whatever, uh, tinkering with the roster. Jacob wants to know what's the latest on DJ. Is he still holding out for a roster spot? Have we seen him hanging around the building with the staff at all? No sighting. No, no sighting. I don't, and I, I don't think he's going to be. I don't think that's in play at all. What I, I I would be interested to know what comes next for him, but I don't think it's here. At least not in a in gear. Not with, well, gear. Gear, yeah, but well, not, not pads. Player, pads. Playing gear, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not pads. Right, right. I mean, the fact that you know there was some question at least with Hitchens last week and Neiman was the guy I mean it wasn't another person added there wasn't you know anything like that I think that tells you what you need to know I mean because he's still you know hasn't practiced yet this week we saw practice today he was standing on the sideline talking to Bob Sutton I think it's going to be another one of those things where they're going to keep him out until he has to be able to do something and, you know and then unless he can't go in a game and Neiman's going to go in, but I don't think DJ's in play. At least I don't get that sense. Yeah. He had to go. Like, I mean, remember what he was last year, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and remember the, uh, the team he played for this year, who's terrible, <laughs> let him go. You know, like, it's, I love DJ. He's one of, you know, the, the greatest Chiefs of all time. His name will be in the Ring of Honor, all that stuff, but not as a player anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Well, looking at some of the other. Uh, roster things, injury issues. David wants to know what are the odds of Mitch or LDT playing this season, which is interesting to put this Mitch season. in there because Mitch isn't on IR, but it, I think it is concerning that it's been a month that he's still been yeah. in the concussion protocol, and Andy Reid said he's still having concussion symptoms, which this is a guy, isn't hasn't he has a history with yeah, concussions. Yeah, a bit of history of it, um, which I don't know enough about the, the uh, science of it to understand the the way you treat the cumulative effect, if you can, I just think maybe you have all the more caution going forward. Um, it actually is a really interesting question to be asked about how how that looks. You might, I know Sam, you, and you guys probably have too before you're here, but I know Sam's done a lot with concussion stuff. Um, I, I can't remember if there's if we should assume, you know, a two-week thing is what you would normally have and this is really extraordinary, or if the range really is two to four weeks, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know that there is like a set, you know, the, the, the brain is different than like a hamstring or an ACL or whatever, and it's just, I think some people, some people just never get concussions. Some people can just take a hit and they don't get a concussion. Some people are susceptible to it. There is a, you know, part of the science, and I have to brush up on it to speak in more detail, but, you know, the more you go down that road, the worse they become. I think that's generally true. Yeah. You know, concussion yeah. one, you may need, you know, this this long to recover. Concussion right. two, it may be this long. You know, I think I do think it goes like that. 
generally speaking. That, that makes a lot um, of sense, of course. You know, let me flip something else back at you on that. You, you made that reference to some people just don't get concussions, but that probably shouldn't be confused with not getting, having damage done. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't see it as a concussion, but yeah. one of the things that well, was enlightening to me in all this was just the, the impact and damage of subconcussive yes. injuries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What, what I mean by that is, is some people can play, you know, five, eight, 10, 12 years and not have a concussion somehow. Like it just doesn't, mm -hmm. whether it's luck or whether it's anything else. Oh, I see what you, okay, okay. Yeah. It's not just that it's not diagnosed or understood. You actually didn't suffer it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So with that being said, I mean, what sense do you get of, granted, let's all put on our medical degrees and our lab coats and our stethoscopes and everything. Between LDT and Mitch Morse, what are the odds that one of them comes back this season? I, I would still think the odds that Mitch comes back are better than the odds of LDT. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I have a, frankly, I guess if, the more I think about it, I don't really have a, any way of understanding the, the either situation, right? right? Do we? I mean, do we really have any real the, way to know what each of these injuries means? The Morse thing, I just think a concussion is like kind of black magic. And it, it, it may, he's going to wake up one day and he's just going to feel fine or he's going to keep this way. I don't think there's any way to pre predict that. And I also like there's enough pressure. I mean, he's talking about a man's brain, you know, like there's enough stuff going on that I hope that everybody involved. And there's no reason to not think this is the case, but I hope everybody involved kind of like make sure this is all clear before, um, you know, before you move on. The LDT thing, I think, is really, like, kind of odd, interesting. Like, you know, in that game when that happened, you know, Andy came out in the post game was like, he's going to be out for a little bit, but he'll be back. Like, and, you know, he didn't say it like this, but 100% certain. Like, mm -hmm. okay, he'll be back. And then there was the something else that was diagnosed, a, a, a oh. problem that I can't pronounce. Um, and, and then, but then they just... They never said he will be back or he won't be back. Mm -hmm. Just said we'll basically yeah. see, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think everything's a guess at that point. I mean, yeah. I'll just say 50-50 on both of them. Just the, the one thing that was clear was the injury was far more severe than initially thought. Yeah, there was yeah. more damage they, they that they was... called for a Rick Burkholder update right, yeah. the next time yeah, out. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, it was initially they said the broken bone. But I think when Rick did the update, he also mentioned there was stuff going on with the, the ankle ligaments. and the ligaments. Right. So, right. I mean... I don't know. I'm trying to think because how long? So how long was it now for Sorensen? I'm trying to remember. I mean, because that was still ten weeks. It's been about ten now, weeks. Right? Yeah. It about, and wasn't yeah. the initial diagnosis eight to ten weeks? He could be back. And we, certainly, the baseline was eight. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember the, the to ten part, but I remember that it was understood that it mm -hmm. wouldn't be before eight. Mm -hmm. Well, with LDT and Mitch Morse out, this this new offensive line has been together two games now, and Jordan Devy out with that pec muscle tear. How do you kind of diagnose how they've been doing in the last couple games? Uh, much better than I would have expected. I thought that was going to be a huge problem. Um, you know, Morris and LDT are probably the two best guys they have or two of the best guys they have in, you know, the screens and being athletic and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I mean, Pat, he's had some pressure and stuff like that, and he erases a lot of pressure. He turns a lot of pressure into plays and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think it's certainly a step back from, you know, because I mean, both those guys are really good players, Morrison and, and DuVernay Tardif. Um, but it's not a disaster. You know, I think they're holding up representative of an NFL line in 2018. I think that's right. And, and I think it, 
you'd, you'd every reason to think if you're down three, three of your top eight or whatever yeah. you call it, mm -hmm. that, that it would be a disaster. And, yeah. and so far not. And like you said, Pat erases some of that, but but also they they somehow or another Andy seems to know how to how to play to that uh, advantage disadvantage kind of nimbly, right? Maybe yeah. I, I I couldn't swear to this, but um, we saw a little more of the screens last week, obviously. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we've seen those screens that way this season. We might have. but Like similar wonder, looks, but yeah, I, I thought there were more screens last week than the week before. And maybe I'm making that up in my head. Maybe just um, a spe that's how, that's specific screen is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one to cream. The, yeah. The, and mm -hmm. the one to wear, same one sort of to wear, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, but it's a little counterintuitive to what you're saying because part of what, what you're saying is, you know, that you think Mitch and LDT would be the athletic ones out there, but yeah. they've found some way to, you know, I, I'm sure that this is one of Andy's strengths, right? It, adapting to the personnel you do have. Yeah. And so somehow or another, we'd have to look back at those plays, but that, that stands out to me. Yeah. That, two, and two, two more things are worth mentioning that. One is there's not a, a coach in the league that's crying for Andy Reid for being down a couple linemen <laughs> and still having, like, all these other guys, you know. And, right. and the second part is in that screen game, uh, one of the we don't talk about this that much, uh, but they've got some other really good blockers that aren't linemen. Sammy Watkins is a really good downfield wide, you know, blocker for a receiver. Demetrius Harris on on the the Kareem Hunt play. Mm -hmm. Demetrius Harris had a block 30, 40 yards downfield, wiping yeah. a guy out and pushing him out of bounds. Well, you know, they've got some other guys. I would also say the backs. You also have yes. to give. I mean, because when I looked at that screen. Uh, screen pass, the the, the touchdown. Um, Kareem makes a guy miss early on in that mm -hmm. that I believe Demetrius couldn't get to, like you know, because they he it was a guy who's lined up a, a, across from him, but ten yards off. So Demetrius goes out to get him, and the guy gets around him, and so he's still that's part of the reason he's downfield to make the big block later mm -hmm. on. But if you know Kareem doesn't make that first guy miss. Then you know it's a. We're not talking about that pass. We're and talking a about a. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one way or another, this makes me think of this. I, I don't recall watching a team where you think farther away from the end zone, this play's got a shot to be a touchdown, like <laughs> earlier into a play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I very specifically remember thinking on that screen to Hunt. Oh, all he has to do is beat one guy. He's probably going to score. Yeah. How many times do you see Tyreek touch the ball and you just figure he's gone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, over and over again. Literally, I, I can't help myself. Literally, before every snap when the Chiefs have the ball, I look to see where Tyreek Hill is and, and where the safety is. <laughs> well, and if those two things aren't where they should be, then I thought well, you were going to say every time they touch the ball, I think they're about yeah. to score. Yeah. Well, Blues, I mean, he had that forty-yard pass this uh, past week uh -huh. on just you know uh, a because streak the safety up the side wasn't where yeah, you and know. there was at least there was multiple people in the press box that we they see the, we saw him come yeah, to yeah, my yeah. scrimmage and we're like. Oh, single high. Single. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's about three or four of us like, oh, that ain't going to work. <laughs> you're, right, you're right. The collective, collective notification. We all recognize that. But by the way, we just mentioned Sammy Watkins. He's a guy that's been out this week with the foot injury. We saw him walking out of the locker room, um, kind of limping, walking kind of gingerly on it. Um, how, if, if you're the Chiefs, do you play him this week or do you – hold him out and make sure that he's completely healthy for the Rams. Just depends, right? Yeah. I mean, how close is he? Are you risk? I, I think the thing, I think these guys are probably more responsible than we realize. If nothing else, because they have to think about the long term. I mean, 
So I, I can't imagine they would think, ah, let's just take a chance. He's iffy, let's take a chance. I don't, I don't think so. I think it'll be based on the severity of the injury. Yeah, I wouldn't think this is a game you push him to play yeah. unless he can really do it. You know, if you can be if there's ever a game to sort of, right? You so, know, if he's healthy, he's going to play. Yeah. But if it's fifty fifty, and you know, you're playing the division round of the playoffs. R right. You got to right. go some. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Can you get a cortisone shot? Yeah. You're going to be out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. But right now, Cardinals, especially with the Rams looming after that, um, yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to be safe, right? Yeah. I think. I agree. Kind of sucks, like, if, if he is out, um, you know, from the Chiefs' point of view. really seems like lately, recently, there's been more of a – there's been something developing. He's there. found his rhythm yeah. a little bit, right, yeah. or comfort some, yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, from the Chiefs' perspective, you'd like to keep that going, but, you know, injuries are injuries, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of other injuries, I think today's just going to be the injury Facebook Live. <laughs> um, Eric Berry, we haven't talked about him a ton. Sam, you had in your column, uh, game column, that he was expected sometime this month. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see him for the Rams game? Uh, Rams or Raiders, that's what I've been hearing for the last couple weeks. But, I mean, keep in mind, you know, <laughs> way back in training camp, been hearing he might get some snaps against Chicago. Then you hear, you know, what, Pittsburgh Jags. or whatever. Then Yeah, then it was the Jaguars. You know, like... They've been, if they thought it was going to be even close to this long, they'd have put them on IR. Right. You know, at the beginning of the year. Um, so it, it's, it's all a guess, but I do think they're optimistic that he'll be back relatively soon at some point this month. But <laughs> by the way, I, I would not take that to Vegas. <laughs> I was going to say, they can be optimistic. Right. right, right. Uh, I think it also bears mentioning today we got to see some of the open portion of practice, and it looked like. Ron Parker and Eric Murray were working with the first team defense, and Daniel Sorensen was second team. So I know we've had a lot of questions about how they're going to work Sorensen back in. Kind of seems like he's not ready to take first team reps quite yet. And to be honest, I don't know how much he changes the starting lineup. Well, I wonder how much just different packages we might see him into, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's I guess that's my first thought. He may not be in the traditional, you know, starting lineup that way, but he might be. First guy deployed in whatever package you want to want to think of. I, I'm I'm just making that up, but I, I I see him being in a couple different spots probably. Yeah, I mean I think the more I think about it, I think Jordan Lucas is the one who's going to be losing some time just because you look at Eric Murray. He had the ankle injury, missed the game, and then I think it's been three weeks now. His playing time's gone up. This past week, he was I think he played the most of anybody on defense this last week, and that was the spot where Lucas started. And then Lucas has also played in some dime and um, packages and things like that. Well, that's what Sorensen had been doing when he was out there playing regularly. Um, and it sounds like that's what they expect him to do again. And, you know, even Bob Sutton today didn't, you know, didn't say for sure, oh, but it was one of those like, well, yeah, Jordan Lucas, you know, we really like him. He, he brings this, he brings that. Da, da, da. And even if he does play less, and once you hear that, that means, yeah, he's going to play less. <laughs> yeah, once yeah, you hear, yeah. Even if he's, you know, he's, yeah. he plays a smaller role, that means he's, he's losing time. Even that's if he's means. somehow possibly perhaps <laughs> were, were to play a smaller yeah. role. So well, that's, it's interesting because yeah. he doesn't, I mean, Jordan Lucas has played well when he's gotten in there. So does it just seem like they have one too many people and somebody's got to go? Well, and the, the other thing Sutton pointed mm -hmm. out, too, was that, you know, he also got thrown in there before he really had a full chance to learn a defense, too, whereas Sorensen's yeah. a guy who's been around. 
So Lucas was, you know, I think Bobby was like, yeah, you know, he showed up and we we're like, okay, get out there, we gotta lose you. Mm -hmm. And you know, and he's learned obviously on the job. And now you can put Sorensen in there, who's, you know, you don't have to teach as much. You don't have to worry about whether or not he's gonna remember this and that in different positions because they use Lucas in different spots. Of course, yeah. I, look to me, I, of course, that would be the preference. I I have not done any. Uh, Film work like you guys have, but uh, it seems to me just anecdotally, y you like what Jordan Lucas is doing, and you want him. You know, the other side of what Bob said is probably it, true. He probably will play less, but you can you can spot him a little more. And, and really, he's still a guy being, you know, groomed or nurtured, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's still he's still learning, so it's probably just a matter of preference that way. Yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if Sorensen's out there, especially in like dime stuff, because. They like to use Dorian O'Daniel. They've been using him more. And I think there was some concern. That, okay, you got two guys in the middle of that defense who are learning the defense or are new to it between Lucas and O'Daniel as opposed to now Sorensen, yeah. a veteran guy, in there with O'Daniel. Maybe he's just a comfort level or just, you know, you know somebody knows what they're doing sort of a thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. Do you have any thoughts? Word. No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, we have exhausted. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about yet? And it was literally the first thing I wrote down on my Facebook Live. I've written down two notes. We've checked off one of them. The other one, Patrick Mahomes is one touchdown away from tying Lynn Dawson's record, two away from breaking it. How about who do we think is going to break the record with him? Who's he going to complete that pass to? That well, breaks the record. What I think is, is you couldn't see that because those glasses were filtering out too much of the ink. The, like, no, what I couldn't <laughs> see is that I had the wrong page. I had a whole lot of information on Arizona, which we don't need anymore. Well, we need it, but this is a Chiefs Central Facebook Live. The, the Cardinals-centric part of the podcast will be on after this. Um, you know, we, of course, we're just rolling the dice on how uh, who would score either the tying one or the, or the breaking one, but... It is interesting to picture what kind of play it would be. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been deprived of a little of the, uh, the sort of backfield uh, chicanery, whatever you want to call it, the last couple of weeks. I, I've been a little frustrated wanting to see what... Hasn't what... been fun enough for you? No, it's just I've been looking for that play where you don't know where the ball is. I just... That, that to me, is like the coolest of touchdown passes. I bet Andy Reid's watching this, and he's going to add it back in his list. Andy, if you're you. watching... We're not sitting in your chair over there in the corner because we're told that it's your chair and it's expensive. So And we don't um, want to break it. Yeah. So Vahe anyway. would be the one to break it. So I don't know, anybody else on that topic? <laughs> not the chair, but uh the, the touchdown. I hope it's a bomb. Ninety five? Yeah. Tyree Kill. Yeah. I could see Kelsey. Not necessarily a bomb, but just I could see him being the one that gets the touchdown. I hope that it's Anthony Sherman. Draw it up for the sausage. Hey. Never get enough of that fullback. I, I yeah. will say this: I, I don't believe that uh, doing it in style is really going to be any kind of concern of Andy's. I don't think. I don't think the record is on Andy's. <laughs> That's point. right. That's right. Um, Probably not. So no. it's yeah. But it's fun um, to think about. Yeah. Chris Jones said he would like to be on the receiving end of that touchdown, which I think we would all love. Who who wouldn't love that? <laughs> hey, so by the way, naturally, uh, we've, we've been trying to speak to Len Dawson lately, and it's, he's been a little hard to get a hold of. He was at the last home game. Is that the, is that the Bengals game? Um, Broncos. No, Broncos. Broncos. Broncos game. Huh. Okay. He was there and, and uh, came over in our little star corner and talked to us for a little while. And um, one of the observations he made is kind of obvious, but he, he, he seemed to... Uh, 
seem to believe that, that nobody's going to really find an answer for Patrick Mahomes, so probably people are just going to try to hurt him. And he, and he, he just sort of like ca cautioned that. Yeah, he just said, you know, it can get nasty in there. I just remember using that word. And, and look, that's true, and he endured it. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's hope that that's an antidote for any such thing instead of... Uh, well, the yeah, the, the the level of uh, like quarterback violence against quarterbacks yeah. that was allowed in Lynn Dawson's day. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say it's like <laughs> against 2018 is, is quite different. But well, yeah, the Ben I mean, Davidson thing comes to mind. Yeah. But I mean, I do think like for lack, I mean, I don't know how else you do it. Might as well see if you can beat them up a little bit. The best Wrap way to be, I don't understand why teams don't just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Keep the kid off the field. Yeah, um, you know you can get yardage. Like, that's what I would do. Well, I think that part, might be the best way to Part to of what's it. happened is, is the whole way the dynamic of the game has started. And, and you know, I, I think Blair wrote the story today about the, the, the coin toss phenomenon. Mm -hmm. and, and it has been, you know, for six or seven weeks, I think we've been kind of getting a kick out of, okay, this is how it's going to happen, and then it does. So automatically it's pretty typically 7 nothing Chiefs, 7-3, and then they, they're high-powered enough they typically score on their second drive. And now – you know, you might be doing what the Browns are doing or in one form or another, chasing points. I mean, you're just... They haven't won a single game all year without winning the coin toss. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe that's the secret. Um, but how about that? Think about that, though. The, the way... Gosh, Browns with three two-point attempts, um, all these things where they, you're just not playing to the way you would play the game normally because of the Chiefs. That, that's the thing that stands out to me. So I, back to your point about run the ball, run the ball. I, I, I agree, but once it's 14-3, 21-3, you're, you're worried it's a runaway freight train. Yeah, because you can't get stops, right? Like that was, you know, one, one of the takeaways, they lost the game, so whatever. But in New England, they made a comeback while getting one stop. Hmm. New England scored on every hmm. one of their possessions, I believe, except for one, the, 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 the fumble. That's right. It was a one-punt game, right, just mm -hmm. by the Chiefs one time. Yeah. 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 So it was just like trading seven for three and then seven for seven, but then seven for three again. And, yeah. you know, that's how you can have a comeback. I mean, there's, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if there was a great way to stop the Chiefs, like, right. they, wouldn't be, they wouldn't be scoring 37 in all but three of their games <laughs> so far, right? Right. Well, we've, I think it's about that time. Uh, Jordan wants to know what our predictions are, and we will give that to him and then wrap up from here so we all have things to write, things to do, snow to catch on our tongues, Christmas music to listen to. Uh, Lynn, what do you have for this game? I will go 42-21, Chiefs. 40-21 to 21 or 42-21? to 42-21. 42 okay. Like we're going to come back to this later. Well, we do actually because you were only two points off last week. Mm -hmm. um, Thirty-eight to ten, Chiefs. <laughs> Sam. Sixty-one to two. That's more. That's that the is more not what he. No, this is the Sam I know yeah. and love. You know, because it could happen. Yep. And if it did, whew. nailed it. <laughs> Well, I hope for your sake that that happens. Uh, I'm picking 42 to 17. It's the score that I've kind of stuck with all week. I wrote it down, and it was also written down right here in case anybody thinks that I'm cheating. I keep picking the same score. We do match. Yeah, thank you. But I was looking at it suspiciously. I just like the part where it says predictions, but you only wrote down yours. Yeah, I don't, well, it's <laughs> 40. Don't care about ours. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Vi or Vi Lynn, what do you what was yours? 42? 42 21. 21. Sam, 61 to 2. <laughs> They'll take a safety. What one of those seven. might be right. 38, is that a three? Yeah, that's okay. a three. Right. Can we not just <laughs> Okay. destroy my handwriting on that note uh we're gonna sign off here so we can all do handwriting tests for vahe to analyze later um you can catch us after the game on sunday it should be an earlier facebook live because it is a noon kick um Hallelujah. yeah we are thrilled about mm. that thank goodness for the early kicks um, we'll catch you guys on Sunday afternoon. Until then, you can follow all of us on Twitter. You should know our handles by now. If not, you can follow all our work on KansasCity.com or every morning in your paper. Until next time. Time is yours. Time is yours. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town, just eight cents a day or $2.50 a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash Sports Pass. Welcome back to Sports Beat KC. I'm Chiefs Beat writer Brooke Pryor, and on the Skype hotline, we have one of the Cardinals beat reporters for the Arizona Republic, Catherine Fitzgerald. Catherine, how are things going out in Arizona right now? Um, well, the weather is great. It's really <laughs> nice out. Um, the sports team's not quite as hot. Um, Cardinals, you know, they're two and six, coming off a of bye week, so hoping to turn things around, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the weather is awesome. Everything else, maybe not quite so much as like we get ready for snow in Kansas City, but have an eight and one football team. So you can't have everything, I guess. Yeah, you get to pick one. And Arizona, we went with the weather, which I mean, for my clothing choices every morning is fine. It's really nice <laughs> out. I wrote my story outside yesterday. So things are good. It sounds fine to me. Well, yeah. like you said, Arizona's coming off a bye week, but they won a game right before the bye week. <laughs> they came back to beat the 49ers. Josh Rosen had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Did it feel like the bye week almost came at a bad time, like they were starting to get some momentum, and, and now all of a sudden they have to try to reclaim that this week against a team that, that is 8-1? and one? Yeah, honestly, it reminds me so much of Thanksgiving break during college, where like, you go home, you see your fan or your family and friends, things are nice, and then you come back to finals and it's just like a rude we reawakening. <laughs> um so that's kind of the guys are all hoping to carry over that momentum, but I do think it's tough to have that break there. But there are a bunch of things that helped with. Um they've been pretty beat up, especially on the offensive line. So I know for injuries it's been really important to get that buy-in, to have some more time to recover. Um, the bigger thing I think, though, is for their new offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, it gives him a little extra time to play around with stuff. Um, so he took over after their Thursday night game where they lost to Denver at home, 45 to 10. Not great. Ooh, not what you want. Um, no, not what you want. So Friday morning, they fired Mike McCoy, who had been offensive coordinator for the start of the season. Byron Leftwich took over, 
his thing that he said numerous times is he doesn't think in one season he can make huge changes to this offense. Um, but, you know, he got a win in this first game, calling plays. He gets some extra time now to keep putting his stamp on what this offense is going to look like. So I think that was the one big benefit of having the bye coming off of that win, giving him a little more time to move stuff around and then just letting guys recover a bit. And he, Byron Leftwich was the quarterback's coach. He's been working with Josh Rosen. How much does it help Josh Rosen? You know, obviously you don't want to lose an offensive coordinator in the middle of the season, fire it, fire him, you know, whatever. But how much does it help Rosen that he's going to be continuing to work with a guy that he's already been working so closely with since he's become a pro this year? Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, They have a great relationship. You can tell in the way they both talk about each other that it's genuine and there's a lot of help there. Um, Byron, having been a former quarterback himself for 10 years in the NFL, I think that really helped him gain Josh's trust. And also there's a lot they can relate to specifically there. Um, For Rosen himself, he's had a different offensive coordinator. It's almost basically a carousel just for him. He had three and three years at UCLA. Now he's already in his second at the NFL. Um, so, you know, five and four years. Jeez. The, the silver lining is he's used to this change. Um, <laughs> he'll joke with us that, like, you know, he doesn't enjoy it. Um, Byron Leftwich says that now if he's next, he knows it's, like, something weird going around around Josh, uh, <laughs> jokingly. But... Um, you know, you never want that constant change, but at least Rosen has been through it before. It's not like he's shell-shocked as far as, oh my gosh, I'm learning all this new stuff, and now I have a new offensive coordinator too. Um, so I guess, like I said, that's a small silver lining, and their relationship is really good. Um, I think that's going to help a lot moving forward. Well, he's had kind of a, an up-and-down season. He has six interceptions, five touchdowns, and he's only completed 55.6% of his passes. How is he developing as this rookie quarterback that ended up taking over, bumped Sam Bradford from the starting job? Now Sam Bradford isn't on the team, released earlier this week. But how is Rosen developing through this season? Yeah, it hasn't been the smoothest of starts by any means. But I think what we saw late in that last game against the 49ers is the Cardinals are hoping are just glimpses of the future with Rosen. Um, That last drive, he was 7 of 12. They went 73 yards down the field. Um, You know, it was so much better than the rest of his game. He looked really sharp. Um, He told us afterwards the eventual touchdown pass to fellow rookie Christian Kirk was a play they had run earlier in the game that Rosen himself had missed. But, you know, that's showing in-game. He's able to recognize what he's doing wrong. He's correcting it. Um, So I think early on in the season, you know, there have definitely been rookie mistakes, even in that same game. Uh, But I think developing, he's, you know, we're seeing him change stuff within the game and then trying to move that forward, too. So it bodes well for the future. Um, I'm not sure how much it'll change within this season itself. But, you know, that last drive was, they were doing a lot of things really well, especially when you just looked at, compared to the first half, it was a big difference. And like you said, he he had the touchdown to Christian Kirk, but who are some of his other favorite targets? I think a guy that 
uh, name recognition, at least we all know, is Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you, you yeah. know, not related to Larry Fitzgerald, but you can spell his last name really easily because you do it all the time. Can uh, spell it. We spell it very well. We call each other Fitzy, so it's a good uh, rapport there. Um, he is on the cusp of a big record this week. If he gets 33 yards, he'll move to second all-time in career receiving yards, passing T.O., staying right behind Jerry Rice, who he's got a long way to go there. But, uh, yeah, he's could be second all-time this week. Um, there have been... Earlier this season, it was a bit of a slower start for him. He had a hamstring injury. Um, the offense as a whole just really wasn't staying on the field long enough for anything to happen. But he also came up with some huge plays in that game against the 49ers. Spiked the ball for the first time in his life. Wow. Um, yeah, so Larry Fitz is still doing some of the same old Larry, but working in some new stuff, too. <laughs> Um, and I know that's another really helpful relationship with Josh Rosen, where when you have a veteran wide receiver who's a future Hall of Famer, that makes it a little easier to sometimes trust that you can go to the air to Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And on the ground, David Johnson is a guy who he's coming back from injury, but it seems like his season, even this year, has gotten off to a really slow start. Although I was reading some of your coverage in the Arizona Republic, and it sounds like the beginning of the season, the offense was supposed to flow through him and it hasn't mm-hmm. really done that. What's kind of been the issue there? I think there's a few things going on with David Johnson. Um, one, this offensive line has had a bunch of injuries. They've rotated in starters. Um, they've had guys leave the game with injuries. And I think even with that next man up mentality, they're still struggling a bit to block for David Johnson. Um, but I think play calling also was part of it early on in the season. It just felt very repetitive. Um, David Johnson up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. Um, and he is a dynamic runner. We weren't really seeing any of that happening. Um, and again, they've Cardinals have struggled to convert on third down. They weren't staying on the field super long. So there wasn't always a chance to really toy with what he could do but I think there was a lot of conservative play calling also. Um, It's been a theme that we've been asking coach Wilkes about basically every week. Um, And, you know, it sounds like maybe with Byron Leftwich having that extra time this week, we'll see some more creativity when it comes to David Johnson, but yeah, he's definitely not reaching the numbers he had in 2016 during that breakout season. Um, He had 100 yards total against the 49ers in their last game, so better than he's done so far this year. But I think they still need to do a lot to really get him involved and at least to have him involved in a way where it's not just two yards here, three yards there, but not staying on the field long enough to use him in other ways. Right. And how healthy is the offensive line now? Are they going to be at full strength this week? Um, A few guys were still limited yesterday, but... It seems like they could be back. Justin Pugh is a big one. The right guard who's in his first year with the Cardinals after playing with the Giants the last few years. He's had a broken hand. Um, So, you know, that's one that you just got to wait for those bones to heal. There's not too much you can do. Um, They just brought in a new offensive lineman who we all talked to yesterday, Zach Goldich, um, who's a great story. He's out of Colorado State. 
but he's an Aurora native who was in the Aurora movie theater during that shooting. Wow. Was shot, recovered, went on to play football in college, and now is in the NFL. He was an undrafted rookie who's now on a 53-man roster for the first time. Um, so, you know, obviously they were looking to fill a need on offensive line. He can play multiple positions, but also really great story. And it felt like yesterday he was bringing some new energy to that locker room. Right. That's just a guy that you have to root for. Regardless, you know, you cover the team, so you don't really have a rooting interest in, in the team, whether they win, lose. But a guy like that, I think oh, you have absolutely. to you have to pull for. Just seeing all he's overcome, I mean, both in making it at the NFL, that's really hard to do by itself. But also, you know, having survived a mass shooting and now he knows that that's always going to be part of his story. And I think he's embracing that. Right. Well, and looking at um, another guy they added this week, wide receiver Kendall Wright, is he going to have any impact on the game? Is that an area, the the wide receiver core, obviously there's Larry Fitzgerald, but is that an area that needed some help going into the second half of this season? Definitely. They've been thin at wide receiver. Um, Christian Kirk's been really stepping up to the rookie wide receiver who they uh, took in the second round of the draft, or excuse me, yeah, second round. Um, But you know, between Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, I think there's still not enough threats at wide receiver. Uh, Chad Williams has not been practicing with injury, so they've also got that there. They had Kendall Wright on the roster before. Um, he wasn't active for the game that he was here for, so I'm not sure how quickly they'll get him involved. I think it's going to depend on whether or not Chad Williams can get back out there. Right. Well, in looking at uh, the Chiefs offense, obviously very high powered. On the other end of the spectrum is the Arizona offense. They averaged 233 yards per game last in the NFL, and they've only scored more than 20 points once this game or once this season. Is this week against the Chiefs defense a time when that takes a turn? What what's the team saying about the about going up against a Chiefs defense that is that allows 427 yards per game? Yeah, what's interesting is the Cardinals definitely know that the Chiefs are allowing a lot of yards per game, um, and they obviously would like to capitalize on that, but they're not getting too excited. You know, I think before they even think about those numbers, they're recognizing this team is 8-1. and one. No matter what's happening on defense, they're winning games, and that's what matters so much more. Um, and as you mentioned, the Chiefs are, you know, allowing 400-plus yards a game, but the Cardinals aren't even putting up close to that. So uh, it's even if they're facing a defense that's letting up a little more, they've got to really change things on their own to capitalize on that. Um, And I think, you know, it was something that multiple guys talked about yesterday. They, they know the numbers, but they're not, they're not thinking like, Oh, easy win. We've got this now. They know they've still got a giant task. Right. One other thing the the Chiefs offense was saying yesterday, uh, Josh Rosen was a huge Andy Reid fan and had a shirt that said, our coach will eat yours. <laughs> what? I just love all of this. Yes. How did that come um, up? <laughs> the, highlight, the highlight of the press conference, honestly, um, it was something I was interested in asking about. I knew that his mom was from Philadelphia. He grew up watching the Eagles and, you know, you see – the team you're watching growing up, you see that coach on the sideline. So I was just curious what it's like to now face Andy Reid. 
different team, obviously, but you're a rookie quarterback in the NFL going against the coach you watched. And yeah, I was not expecting that answer that he had a shirt saying, our coach will eat yours. <laughs> I've looked on eBay and I have not found it yet. Oh, um, maybe I, it was a customized shirt. Like, did he make it himself? Um, I'm going to find out a little bit more about that. He did say he's not sure if he has throwback pictures of it, which obviously is upsetting. Oh, fingers um, crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm sure mom has some somewhere. Parents have everything. Yes. And he brought up his mom, too, where he was saying she used to take like a camcorder, set it up to video their television screen showing Eagles games because they didn't have TiVo back in the day um, or like any other way to record it. So, you know, his mom's going out of the way to make sure he's able to watch these games um after he's coming home from practice so I'm also rooting for mom to have pictures of those shirts I think she's going above and beyond already so man that we'll is see what turns up that is hardcore fandom I'm a big fan yeah uh, <laughs> you know re-watching you get home from Pop Warner football practice and he's re-watching Eagles game film um Gosh. so you know people have always said that Josh Rosen likes to learn and watch the game and his family stories back it up for sure that's where it all started well, going over to the other side of the ball for the Cardinals before I let you go, um, one guy that you and I are very familiar with, um, we are both UNC grads, one of our favorite people, uh, Trey Boston was back at practice this week, and I yes. was thrilled to see that. What what does he bring now being at least more healthy than he was when he was missing practice? I mean, on defense itself, he's a playmaker. He knows Steve Wilkes' defense from playing in Carolina, but... Oh, man, does he bring energy? You know, <laughs> we're talking to him in the locker room. Even when he's not playing, he would run in to do jumping jacks to show. He was specifically was like, I want the media to know that I can still do this. And he's just jumping jacks over and over in the locker room. Um, you know, I you can't match that energy. Um, it does also change the way they've been. Last game, um, they switched defensive schemes a little bit. They, Coach Wilkes was saying it was more from facing the 49ers a second time versus not having Boston, but I think having him back at safety allows them to kind of at least have options at defense. Um, he's playing back with Antoine Bethea and Buda Baker all um, at safety, and, you know, those guys have done a good job this season um, kind of not necessarily rotating who makes the big plays, but they've all been in the mix for sure. Um, so I think stat-wise we might see him show up again, but the biggest thing for me is just having a vocal leader who's excited to play, being back in the mix. Uh, when you're a 2-6 and six team, you need that extra energy, and Trey Boston for sure brings that. He also is a great scorpion hunter, as we've learned through Instagram. Yes. Which, those are my favorite videos. I don't know if they're archived anywhere, but I'm, they're fantastic. Yeah, he's, I mean, you see him stepping up to defend his own house. He is defense all day <laughs> in Arizona. You've got scorpion showing up, and he's hunting them. Like, he got a black light. He's going all out. Um so, you know, great defense on and off the field. You can't coach that. <laughs> no, you cannot coach that. Um, and so, like you said, there was uh, an alignment shift. Uh, the last time they played, they went to a 4-3 and had three linebackers, Josh Bynes, Hassan Reddick, and Dion Buchanan. 
Well, is that something that you think we're going to see again? Or like you said, is it you think it's going to go back to the way it was before that now with uh, Trey Boston healthy? Yeah, I I anticipate them switching back a little more. That was the first game we really saw those three linebackers in the mix. They've been rotating at linebackers so much that, you know, they're trying to see who will really step up. But I think it's been hard to get consistency in that case. Um, Josh Bynes. He's been in on pretty much every play, but outside of that, they've just been rotating linebackers so much. And I think that speaks to the fact that they're still not sure who their second guy is at linebacker, much less a third necessarily. Um, And, you know, that was something that we were all asking about after the 49ers game, like, Hey, y'all stepped up on defense this week. You also switched how you're playing. Are we going to see this moving forward? And, Coach Wilkes and defensive coordinator Al Holcomb both kind of repeated, like, we did well because we were facing a team we were familiar with. We were able to capitalize on that um, as opposed to what the scheme itself was. Right. Well, this week they're they're going to go up against Patrick Mahomes. They have not faced him yet this season. Yeah. What what kind of sense do you get of of what they're hoping to be able to capitalize on to slow him down. Obviously he's explosive in himself and then he has all those weapons around him. Yeah. It's a huge task for sure. Um, And I think the Cardinals defense definitely recognizes that this is such an explosive offense. There's a lot of different things they have to watch on. Um, Their focus has been over and over again is stopping the run. So, I mean, maybe that's a little easier when you're facing a team that's going to be throwing the ball up more (laughs) um, just by default. But, yeah, I think um, as far as defense, you know, just trying to contain anywhere they can. um, They've been able to force takeaways in some important times this season, but I don't think it's to the point where they can necessarily count on that against an offense like this. Um, so I think the defense's focus is just containing, getting the guys off the field. And I think the bigger focus though for the Cardinals is really no matter what the defense does, they need their offense to be able to score points to stay in this game. Um, so I think it's kind of surviving on the defense and then just getting the offense to move down the field. Right, that kind of sounds like the Chiefs' plan. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it works in football in general. If your offense scores and your defense doesn't allow, that usually bodes well. So right, well, you know, the key to the groundbreaking here exactly just score more points than the other team. That's how you win the game. (laughs) And uh, one other guy that we we got Josh Rosen on. Oh no, 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 go, no, 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 you go ahead. Um, I was just going to say we did. We were able to get Josh Rosen on the record yesterday saying. Scoring points is good. So, oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad yeah, we've I cleared think that, that up. That gives us some idea of what the Cardinals are trying to do. <laughs> well, now that we have that insight, we'll be sure <laughs> to let the Chiefs know that that's the whole game plan. Yeah. Uh, and one other guy that was a huge topic of conversation around here a couple weeks ago before the trade deadline, Patrick Peterson. There were campaigns yeah. to get him to Kansas City because he asked for a <laughs> trade. The whole bring uh, Pat needs Pat. All of that. He did not get traded, decided to stay in Arizona. How much has he settled back into being a leader of the secondary after that kind of volatile couple days or so? Yeah. um, First of all, I didn't realize there was a whole 
Pat needs Pat campaign. So congrats yes. to whoever coined that. It's a good phrase, but <laughs> didn't work for your loss here. <laughs> um, so that was a whole whirlwind of a few days. Monday was when the news broke that he was trying to get out. Tuesday, Cardinals are off. So everyone's just speculating. Wednesday is when Peterson first released his statement on Twitter and Instagram before we saw him after practice. Um, even just 48 hours later, his demeanor in the locker room was a lot quieter than usual. You could tell he knew he needed to address all of this, but wasn't thrilled. Um, and at first, you know, it seemed like he did, I believe, definitely wanted out. Uh, we're not sure what the conversations were like to get him to stay. Um, but he bounced back that game against the 49ers. He did let up that 55-yard touchdown that the Niners, their lone touchdown of the game. But later on in the game, he had a big pass breakup um, that really kept the Cardinals in the game late in the fourth quarter. So I think the biggest thing for Peterson was just getting back on the field and backing up anything that he said. Um, he wasn't totally pleased with his performance in that game, but I think just having him on the field, having him back and making plays, um, you know, that's the most that anyone can do at that point to really reiterate, Hey, I do want to be here and I want to help this team win. Um, so I think he'll be hungry to keep proving that he's a part of this team. And also, you know, he is one of the best corners in the league. And I think he wants people to still know that despite the team's record. Don't um, worry. I think the chiefs know that. Uh, so he yeah. doesn't have to worry about proving that at Arrowhead Stadium. In fact, they would probably prefer that he didn't prove that this week. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Catherine, before we let you go, we want to get a quick score prediction and how you think it's going to happen. Oh, Predictions are always tough for me. I think the Cardinals are going to score a little more this week, but I'm not getting, I don't think it's going to be too big of a change. Um, let's see. I think the Cardinals marinating for one second. <laughs> it's going to go like a Chiefs are winning. I'll put that out there first. <laughs> Check. Noted. Yeah. Do you want the spread? Um, they are 17-point underdogs. Yes. They are, there's a 17-point spread. It's the um, largest opening spread for any NFL game this season. Yeah. So that's been another big point of conversation in the locker room this week. Um, Cardinals are saying that, like, oh, we're still focusing on us. But 17 points, that's pretty... Again, you're coming off of a bye, and this is what you wake up to. Yeah. It's a rude awakening. Yeah. Um, trying to do quick math on touchdowns. I'm going to go like a 42 to 24. Oh, that's really funny. Because I, while, while you were marinating, I marinated. And okay. I wrote down 42 to 17. So you have a oh, little bit okay. more faith in the Cardinals offense. Um, I think the Chiefs defense is going to play a little bit better because they've played really well at home recently. Um, okay. And they've played pretty well in the last couple weeks. The, the one blip was that game against the Patriots. But other than that, they've, they've responded pretty well. So we both think that they're going to score 42 points. Um, both think that, I believe math says that they're, that the, uh, that the spread co is covered. Yes. I was... <laughs> What are words? What are no, Vegas words? words. Math, 
man, why, why are we even journalists? I don't know how to do this. Um, <laughs> all right, Catherine, well, before we let you go, can you just tell people where they can follow your work and any work at the Arizona Republic to keep tabs on the Cardinals this week? Most definitely. They can find everything at azcentral.com. Um, our sports section has full coverage of all Arizona teams, but a ton on the Cardinals. Um, that's also, that's my coverage. Bob McManamans, our beat reporter, and Kent Summers, longtime beat reporter, now columnist. Um, they'll both be at the game Sunday with full coverage. So azcentral.com has got everything for y'all. Perfect. Well, and if you guys uh, are not familiar with where you can find Chiefs coverage, A, shame on you, and B, you can find it at KansasCity.com. Uh, you can also find it in your newspapers every morning. You can follow me on Twitter, at B.E. Pryor. Uh, and I will be back on Sunday night to recap what happens with the Cardinals game. So thanks so much, Catherine, for coming on. Of course. Thanks, Brooke.